0: So this afternoon I'm going to talk more about this practice of metta this quality of metta (coughs) and trying to see if it's possible if I'll offer this instruction around actually using metta as an object of practice um, and using it as an anchor, which you can do if it feels right. I've been using it for an anchor for many, many years now, and it's my primary object during practice and has been for quite some time. But finding the metta, sometimes not as easy as finding the breath or finding the body, or finding the sound. So when we use basic objects of practice, we try... Uh, the Buddha was very pragmatic in the sense of giving us objects that are quite accessible. So we have things like breathing. If, if You could breathe in right now and just touch it and just get it right, right away. Uh, body, the body, and various aspects of physical, the physical realm the world of the body, which has lots of portals through the body. And that's very reliable, it's always available, it's a portal. It gets us back. It only does now. But I noticed for me, for many, many years, that was very useful and to some degree a little bit dissatisfying, unsatisfying because there was too much pain in my body. Not like physical pain like my knee hurts, but just more of a emotional... I had like this membrane of emotional woundedness that seemed to basically cover my whole body. And trying to use uh, the breath and the body as a primary object was very challenging. And so we can shift things around a little bit. So we could say something like the body and the breath is an object of focus, attention. We can focus our attention on that object. We can try to meet that object with kindness and friendliness and a sense of ease, which is the spirit of metta of ease, to be at ease with that which is difficult. Not needing it to be different, but meeting it in a cooperative type of way. And if you find, if you've been finding that that is useful and available, you can use that as the object. So the attitude can kind of become the object of practice. And this word metta comes from the Pali word meta, which actually literally means friend. And trying to befriend present time experience it also too I like it because it does point me to and open my mind to and begin to recognize something that, that I just call basic goodness that there's a sense of something about my experience I, I there's, a, there's, a, there's a low grade sometimes a high grade but always there's always been a low grade uh, attitude in my experience where I, I want to do good I want to be good There's a kind of basic goodness that uh, is available to me if I can find it. And sometimes we would use the word sila in in Dharma practice that there's a a kind of uh, our core sense of not wanting to be harmful to ourselves. Uh, A core intention, a desire to be free, to be good to ourselves. And if you can feel into that intention then you can really just use that actually as a basis so you can come back to that idea because I found it very helpful because what it does is it undermines the pleasure-pain dichotomy it undermines the idea that for the meditation practice to be valuable or useful A. has to feel good has to be pleasant. If it feels good and it's pleasant, then I must be doing it right. And if it doesn't feel good and it's not pleasant, then I must be doing it wrong. And then that sense of basic goodness gets obscured and covered up by this idea. I lose that. And I get caught into this view that there's something wrong with me. If there wasn't something wrong with me, then it would be pleasant and good and agreeable. But there is, and that whole thing emerges. And so when we try to use right view or complete view, part of the complete view, I think, is to recognize our own sense of basic goodness. And, and that actually view, that idea, is enough. That, I would say, is the seed of metta, is the idea of a desire to do good, to be good, that I'm okay, it's okay, whatever it is. My friend Eve Ekman who I teach with sometimes uses this word I love called okayness. My sense of okayness. Just a basic sense of, eh, yeah, things should be going better. Yeah, 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 sure. Be a little bit easier, a little bit less tired, a little this. Yes, of course, and I'm okay. I'm okay. It's okay. Whatever it is, it's okay. And so there's a sense of permission that's just allowing whatever it is that's arising that's really kind of we don't want to be there. We just kind of let it and say, okay. And that's the nature of, of befriending something, is bringing it in and saying, okay, I really don't like you very much, and I really don't want it to be like this, and that radical acceptance of, yes, I would prefer it to be otherwise, and I really don't want this, and I really don't like this part of my mind, and I don't, but okay. It's okay. <clears throat> Whatever it is, it's okay. So that, that's a great thing to remember to recognize. Can you remember to recognize that it's okay. It's good. It's good to be here. It's good enough. And that actually, even just saying that, that makes my whole nervous system kind of. <sighs> oh, okay. <laughs> I did not have that information earlier. <laughs> it's like there's this way in which we can use. When I use metta as an object, in a way I'll teach it here, in the guided practice, it's trying to bring a little bit more attention to the out breath. There's something about. When we breathe out, we access the sympathetic nervous system. and There's there's actually something easeful about the out-breath. Usually when we pay attention to mindfulness of breathing, we we tend to be a little bit more focused on the in-breath, because that's where it begins. I don't know where we got that idea, but we think everything starts with the in-breath. And then when we breathe out, we tend to wander. Kind of like breathe in, and then breathe out, wander, and then kind of let the mind wander but actually bringing more awareness to the out-breath. It's okay. It's like, you know, when you are with somebody that you care about or somebody that you know, and there's some, maybe there's some conflict or something happened, you're not, and you're not sure what happened, and then you get the relieving news, and you go, oh, okay, that's what happened. That sigh, that outward sigh. That We discharge that dukkha. We discharge tension in the body. We release some kind of subatomic clinging. Instead of using the breath as sort of grabbing and dropping, we sort of grab the in-breath and drop the out-breath, and grab the in-breath and drop the out-breath, and grabbing and dropping. So there's this out-breath, there's this returning to a sense of, okay, Whatever it is. I mean, there's not much going on around here anyway. Like, it has to be okay. You're just sitting in this old cabin. You know, you just had lunch. There'll be dinner later. You get to sleep later. It's all good. But I'm sure you're getting involved in some insane scenarios that are just not happening. We're yeah. the okay corral. Exactly. You get all worked up. And you're like, oh So that's that that, that metta quality is, is when it's infused and congruent with the sati mindfulness, that there's a way in which we remember to recognize the present moment experience, but we also to remember to recognize our own sense of kind goodness, wanting to be good to ourselves, self care. Joe uses that term a lot. I like that. So that can kind of become a way in which we anchor. And I have found coming back to that is much more, feels much more homeostatic than sometimes my body or my breath because underneath that in the body there for me has always been this sense of a, a wounded membrane kind of emotional dissatisfaction and I somehow feel blaming of that or I feel responsible for that or I feel this would be going better if there was something different about me I have to be doing this wrong I must be it must be me. And then that's up. And that kind of negative attitude, bias towards ourselves. So we want to replace that with this spirit of of metta, of goodness, of kindness. And when it was um from what I've been told and have read that this better practice was something that the Buddha taught initially as an antidote to fear. Because that's, that, the experience of not being okay is oftentimes the experience of fear. I'm afraid something's not going to happen. I'm afraid there's something going on out there I don't know about. And that, that kind of low-grade emotion of fear, which is in the body, creates a body sense of restlessness and delusion for sure. And then that uneasiness gives rise to some kind of story, narrative in the mind that's saying, well, if I feel this way, then there must be a reason. Let's find the reason that I'm not okay. Let's look for that object. How hard is it going to take to find the reason why you're not okay? So we can use the body, so I use this practice of embodied metta, we can use meta in the body as a way to cool down the fear, to regulate the fear, to become homeostatic, which is the evenness of mind and body. When you are. I know you're a person with a, all kinds of memories and a role in society, but you are also a mammal. And as a mammal, what you desire most and what feels best for us is is to be in a state of homeostasis to become homeostatic. And we do really good when we're homeostatic. We perform really well. But sometimes we have to do strange things like travel out to the middle of nowhere and sit quietly for days (laughs) to create the experience of homeostasis. And so when we look at the just maybe the system that, that might work well with this, is we, we're using meta here uh, as an anchor, but we're also using it as a, a really a complete view, a right view practice. So the view is, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm already okay. And that becomes the view. And we want to remember to recognize that, because we forget that. I forget that I'm okay much of the time. And I could give you countless arguments of all the ways in which I'm not okay. I don't know why I would want to plead that case, But I oftentimes find myself pleading that case. And then that view, that idea, through moving the mind in that direction, through intention, becomes an intention, becomes a behavior, becomes almost like a, a psychological behavior where we're remembering to recognize, to inform ourselves, to let ourselves know that we actually indeed are okay. Oh, you're all right. I understand All of what's going on, and you're also okay. And so that intention, that's a a cultivation of a a mental state, of a movement in the mind. And so oftentimes in traditional meadow we use phrases. I won't do a traditional phrase. I'll probably offer the most basic phrase that I have been using for a long time, and it seems to serve me well, is, may I be at ease. Just kind of remembering to recognize, may I be at ease, a well-wishing, recognizing that maybe there's pain in the moment, there's confusion, there's frustration, there's something challenging about this moment, and may I be at ease with that? That cools it down, it cools it down, it cools it down. And sometimes you'll actually even have um, this emotion of metta, which is an enjoyable emotion, and... Our culture, we think, of, think about the seven basic emotions, and we talk about emotions, enjoy being an emotion. But metta is an enjoyable emotion. My teacher, Stephen Smith, would call it a, a beautiful spiritual emotion. All the Brahma Viharas are beautiful spiritual emotions. And as a result of practicing metta, you might find you feel this sense of liberation, or ease, or contentment, or like, oh man, I might be okay. <laughs> You know, it's almost a little bit psychedelic sometimes when you get that. It kind of has this liberation quality, that we're letting go of, of these other views and fixed views. So it's embodied. It's not just something that we think is a good idea maybe. It's a, it, there's an embodiment to the practice and to the spirit quality emotion of this metta. <clears throat> And there's also something about it, I will say this because I, I've struggled with this practice as much as I've benefited from this practice. There is, because it has an emotional component to it, there is something about meditation practice and Dharma practice in general that has a nonverbal kind of thing about it, which is why it's really hard for me to explain because it's nonverbal. Um, and so emotion is also has a nonverbal component to it. So there's something about it that, dare I even say, is even mysterious about these kinds of practices. But when you recognize them and you can feel into them and you can sort of verify them, they they lose that mystique. You're like, oh no, this is actually really good and this is really true and this is really part of my humanity. I was born with this on my hard drive. It's just been... ...buried up because i got too much crap files on the desktop. (laughs) It's it's there. It's just how we can work... ...meditatively, experientially... ...to uncover that which is waiting for you. And again... ...it just starts with this idea... ...seed... ...idea in the mind of this being a possibility... So we're not trying to make it. We're just trying to uncover that which is already there. And one of the things that makes it hard is there's this wonderful practice in Tibetan Buddhism called subtle body. And when we start to sit, and you're all probably experiencing subtle body right now, is you sit for a couple of days and, and you you come to the body, you come to the breath, you come to the body, and what happens is we... we all get that sort of membrane of pain or woundedness or there's something histrionic about our lives that's been hard. And if we can just sit with that and just sit with that, there is this inherent sense of well-being that emerges out of that. But we have all these brilliant and just complex defense strategies to block us from what, what we really want to feel. And so sometimes... You know, when, it, when, when there is a sense of pain, especially if it's an emotional kind of pain or distress, it's just like we just got to hang in there just a little bit more, just hang in there just a little bit more. May I be at ease, may I be at ease. And then the meta kind of will come out of that experience. It's in the body. All the good stuff's in the body. It turns out that we just have to kind of work in that way. So I think that's all I'm going to say about that, and we're actually going to just try it out. So um, if you want to stand for a minute, if your body's a little sore, you can do that. allowing yourself to return to a seated posture that feels good enough So we'll start and end with the bell. So, bringing awareness into the body, pouring the mind into the body. Just pour the mind into your body. You're filling an empty glass full of water, and then breathing in. You can breathe in and just send your breath down into your body like you're sending a bucket down inside of an old well and then breathing out, see if you could bring a little bit more attention or even a little more interest to the out-breath. And as you breathe out, just see if you can let go of tension, any sort of attitude that's been hanging around. Any time of incessant thinking. (coughs) Just see if you can breathe it out. Let it go. And with the out-breath, you can feel the gravity of the body sink into the chair, the cushion. As you breathe out, just allowing your body to arrive on the earth, this beautiful forest See if you can just stop trying so hard. And just as you breathe out, allowing this moment to be just as it is. It's like this, it's okay. you breathe out, you can even just say that with each out-breath. Whatever it is, it's okay. It's okay. if you can allow the mind and body to rest into the out-breath. And as you feel the sensation of the out-breath dropping at the chest, the belly, see if you can bring a heightened awareness from the chin down through the belly button, the front of the body softening, any tension there, letting go of tightness in the throat. Allowing the shoulders to drop as you breathe out. bringing some awareness to your heart center. I'm feeling into the heart center, softening the front from the chin to the belly button, softening outward. I'm beginning to acknowledge and to recognize your desire to be free. This beautiful intention, desire to be free, to be at ease, and to be okay in this moment, just as it is. Let that become the object of practice. distracted, if you pulled away, just breathe out and say it's okay. And just inclining the mind towards this attitude, intention of ease and desire for freedom, for goodness, for safety and well being. to extend that quality of kindness towards anything that might be blocking or seems to be in the way of that. This remembering to recognize your own desire to be free, to be at ease, focusing on that good intention Bringing awareness into the body to make sure there's no tension accumulating, releasing tension at the throat, softening the belly, and softening outward the region of the body from the chin to the belly button. to feel into the body's desire to be free, the mind and heart's desire to be free, to be okay in this moment just as it is. Extending this quality of kindness and goodness. Allowing into the body, so scanning through the body. May I be at ease with this body just as it is. May I be at ease with this body, just as this body is right now. There is pain or discomfort in the body to meet that with ease acceptance rather than anger and fear yeah, be at ease in this body just as this body is body to rest into each and every out-breath, letting go of tension and tightness. Extending the same quality, good intention to the mind. May I be at ease with the mind just as it is right now. A sense of kindness and acceptance towards the mind and however the mind is in this moment. I'd be at ease with this mind. And extending and including this goodness, well wishing, kindness towards the heart. May I be at ease with this heart, this emotion. Just as it is right now. Extending this complete view, welcoming everything in this moment with ease and acceptance. If you find it helpful to have something to repeat or to drop into the experience, you just continue to say, May I be at ease in this moment just as it is. May I be at ease in this moment just as it is. May I be at ease in this moment just as it is. Allowing that to become the object of practice here this afternoon. You come back, remembering to recognize this sense of goodness, ease, acceptance. You're already okay. I'd be at ease in this moment just as it is.